0: This program is brought to you by The Living Church Boise. This is Restart Hope with Pastor Joel Sicker on FM 94.1 The Voice. It's almost going to give us four examples of foolishness that will self-destruct. And before you get into it, I'm sure that you can think of some right now. Like I told you earlier, you know, there's so many different fail videos online of people. I mean, sorry, if you own a Ford Mustang, but... You know, it's just so funny. Every car show that ends with a Ford Mustang plowing into people or totaling that car, it's like it's got too much power for the way it handles, right? Or a Corvette. Right? It's like so much of power, people get so much money. Nobody laughs for that. It's like crazy, like you guys don't like cars? Okay. Anyways, it's just so I, I think that those are the fail videos that I watch the most is when these guys have a lot of money and buy a fast car, do not know how to drive it, and it's like brumm and spin out and you know, total the car. Foolishness is self-destructive, not only when you drive a muscle car uh, but also when you are living in a very simple way look at verse 8, 4 examples, example number 1 he who digs a pit will fall into it um, this doesn't mean that if you are digging a ditch you know you are going to fall into it David writes about this in Psalm 35 verse 7 he says for without a cause they hid the net from me without a cause they dug a pit for my life and then he says let destruction come upon him when he does not know it and let the net that he ensnared him let him fall into it to his destruction don't forget the context that Solomon's writing in is foolishness, is wickedness. And he says, A person who digs a pit for somebody else to fall into it, he's the one who will fall into it. Leadership that is working against you will self destruct. Look at example number two. He says, And a serpent will bite him who breaks through a wall. Alright, let's quickly move on from that because I have no idea. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, in the East, in fact in India where I grew up, oftentimes you would see these brick walls you know, that's held together with some clay and some cement and you can actually see cobras living in between those little holes. In fact, one of the houses that we lived in, we didn't live there very long for good reason. The living room had this little hole in the ground and the owner uh, actually had a cobra growing in over there, like fangs, venom and everything because they worshiped the snakes over there. And uh, I think, if I remember right, we stuck like a t-shirt or something through that so it wouldn't come out. And we were like, yeah, you know, I don't care. Like, cobra in my living room. No, thank you. But what Solomon is saying is, he who, you know, uh, and a serpent will bite him who breaks through a wall. I think what he's saying is, breaking a boundary that shouldn't be broken will bring destruction on your own head. Like, you go, you want to tear down walls, and, you know, you just being stupid you're being foolish you're you're you know again it's that you're not listening to godly counsel you're tearing through things example number three and four he who quarries stones is hurt by them and he who split logs is endangered by them once again give a fool a hammer and get the camera rolling right (laughs) and um okay again sorry i don't mean to insult myself so much but there was one day i was chopping wood in my backyard and my neighbor came running out like man it was really cold and he just had his socks on didn't even bother wearing on shoes and he's like, let me chop the wood for you, let me chop the wood for you. I was like, why? He's like, no, 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 I'm worried you're going to hurt yourself, you know? I was like, thanks man, he chopped all my wood. Apparently I was swinging wrong, right? And he was like, actually the way he was doing it, I was like, you're going to hurt yourself, boy. But anyways, he who splits logs is endangered by them. You've seen this oftentimes, um, again, sorry, too many fail videos, rabbit trails, right? But you see people who mishandle a weapon and end up hurting themselves or, you know, doing something very foolish. What Solomon's saying is a fool who's showing off, a fool who doesn't know how to use something will self-destruct. And oftentimes in life we chase after these things trying to teach a fool a lesson, but a fool doesn't want to learn. A fool thinks he's wise in his own eyes. But here's a warning for us, verse 10. If the iron is blunt and one does not sharpen the edge, he must use more strength, but wisdom helps one to succeed. Okay. This is the warning for us, okay? What you saying: When the iron is blunt, it could be a knife. It could be an axe. If it's blunt, you got to use more force to chop wood. I have a knife at home that my in-laws got me for my birthday. It's a Cutco knife. I love it, and I love cooking, and I'm the only one that uses that knife. Nobody's allowed to use that knife because I love sharp knives, right? Anybody love sharp knives? I hate blunt knives. Like blunt knives irritate me, right? And I, I could spend hours sharpening a knife. It, it's very soothing, and you know, I like using the that stuff and then I have a whetstone too if I want to spend hours and waste my time you know and then cut paper with it like hmm this is great why do you need to cut tomato paper thin? No one knows right but it's better than smashing a tomato for your burgers with a blunt knife but there's a knife that I have that's very sharp and and I love it every time I use it it's beautiful I love a sharp knife when you're cleaning meat a sharp knife is so handy when it's blunt it's very irritating and when I'm done with my knife I wash it put it back what Solomon is saying is when you look at your life are you hacking through your tomatoes? You know, Or are you sharp? Um, if you read in the book of Numbers and all the way from numbers 13 to Joshua chapter 14, it talks about a guy named Caleb. Caleb was one of the twelve spies sent to Canaan to spy over the land by Moses. They come back, and there's only two guys, Caleb and Joshua, that come back with a good report of saying, we can take these people down. There were giants there, the fruit was big and everything was great. But everybody else says in the book of Numbers chapter 13 that the other 10 spies they made the children of Israel's heart grow scared and weary. And they cried all night long. Because the 10 spies, they cried all night long. But Joshua and Caleb, they're like, man, seriously, God is on our side, we can go. And God tells them, for 40 years now, you're going to walk around the wilderness. And none of you guys who are weeping and mourning, who don't trust you're not going to be able to get into the promised land. So for 40 years, they walk around the wilderness. The younger generation grows. And Caleb now is about 80 years old. Or 85 years old. And he comes to Joshua and he says, listen man, God has promised us this land. And I'm still as strong as I was when God, as I was when God made that promise. I'm still as strong as I was. Forty years later, as when God made that promise. And I remember a long time back reading that and make and praying and saying, God, I want to be sharp even as I get old. Because as we go through life, man, things will wear you down. And this is where, theologically, it's called daily sanctification. Daily checking in with God and being like, God, am I still sharp? Am I still trusting you? Or have I gone my own way? You see, folks, oftentimes in life you can find yourself when things get hard you're like, why, why is this so hard for me? I've gone through this before. Why is this temptation so hard for me to overcome now? Why does anger come so easily? Why does hate in my heart always and rage so easy a part of my life right now? Oftentimes, because we're blunt. It's because we're going our own way. We're not acknowledging God. We're becoming foolish. It's dead flies in our perfume. And God says, listen, you've got to sharpen yourself. If the ax is blunt, it's going to take a lot of work for you to get through. And in fact, in the end, you're going to hurt yourself and this morning I believe that God wants us to be sharp and you know what, this begins with humility this begins by saying, you know what man, pretty blunt actually I'm not not sharp as I used to be in fact I've never seen myself be sharp like this before and this doesn't mean that we are cutting people, but we cut through darkness, we cut through lies, we cut through shame and I want to tell you that for this kind of sharpness to come, there's got to be a spiritual breakthrough in your life you got to invite the Holy Spirit to come and to make you sharp, to, to quicken your conscience Here's another warning. He says, if the serpent bites before it's charmed, there is no advantage to the charmer. Okay. He says, good. Listen to me. Sharpen yourself. Yes, be sharp. But don't spend your whole life sharpening yourself that you don't actually end up using the knife. Because in India, when I would leave home, I leave school and come back home, I would see these snake charmers, you know, and they'll be charming like a king cobra. And as soon as he opens that basket, he better start playing that flute, otherwise the cobra is going to strike him because the cobra is distracted by the movement of the flute and I've actually seen a boy being bitten by a snake once because he wasn't quick enough and he says listen sharpen yourself but also know when you have to put that knife into practice and cut through darkness and cut through lies and walk in faith listen to me oftentimes people get into ministry but they don't sharpen themselves and then there are people who sit and are like I'm being sharpened I'm being sharpened I'm being sharpened I'm like dude the world is coming to an end get up and preach oftentimes parents they're like I'm learning I'm reading a book on parenting I'm like you know what your child is right there you're running out of time Get up and start parenting now, spouses. When are you going to wait? You're waiting for a marriage conference for your marriage to be rejuvenated. Right now, God is sharpening you already. Act, go and act. We need to know when to act, and wisdom comes from knowing when to sit on and sharpen and when to act. Because either ways, you delay and you're doomed. God bless you. But let's bring this to a conclusion, okay? If I've not confused you enough, man. By the way, this this message is really hard. Go back and read this chapter and you're going to be like, dude, good job for pulling it off. Okay, Get me a rock star next week. <laughs> On Wednesday, I sat with some of the leadership team and, and I read this passage and I was like, dude, pray for me, man, because I have no idea what God wants to teach. But isn't God good in bringing such beautiful wisdom? I'm amazed at how God speaks so directly in ways that I need to grow and learn. But let me, let me close with this. Jesus, when I say close, I'm not mean like two minutes, we're going to be done, okay? Don't get too excited. <laughs> it's only 11.10. No. <laughs> But Jesus <laughs> Jesus, he shares a parable in Matthew chapter seven. He says, "A wise man, he built his house on the rock, but a foolish man he built his house on the sand, And then it says there were storms that came that you know soon, and the wise man's hand, uh, wise man's hand, wise man's house, it stood the test of the storm. But a foolish man, his house came crashing down. Let me read this for you, Matthew chapter seven verse 27, and the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat against that house foolish man's house and it fell and great was the fall of it. I told you foolishness will self-destruct. In your own life, I believe that as I have been talking about this, God is quickening your spirit to areas where you are building your house on the sand. Areas where you are inclined to the left. Areas where you are saying no, God. And God says hey, that's house on a sand. Right now it looks great, it looks like a new house, it looks like you're still hacking through tomatoes, that's fine. People are still applauding, you're still fooling people, but you cannot fool God. And selfishness and sinfulness and wickedness and foolishness will self-destruct. This is a warning, because the storms of life will come and the fall will be great. On On the other hand, Jesus says, And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. So, Jesus is saying the way we sharpen ourselves, the way we build on the rock is by hearing his word and then applying it. Hearing his word and applying it. And you know what? This has been really hard to tie the sermon up because I want to tell you three things that Jesus wants to tell you. He says, trust me. He says, follow me. He says, tie to the church. <laughs> no, you're no, not funny? Okay. But, but, but God, God stopped me right there. Because I believe that God has already been speaking to you. Those of you that are convicted about this, God has already been talking to you. You're waiting for me to come up with this magic word that will bring freedom. God's already been talking to you. God. God's already been showing you where your, your conviction should lie. God's already been telling you what you should do. The choice now is you. Are you going to listen to His word and build your house on the solid rock that's Jesus Christ so that when the storms of life come, you'll not be shaken? Or are you going to continue to be a fool, skipping down the freeway, saying, I'm fine, I'm okay, and build your house on a sand, and then you hope that when the storms come, you can hold it together? Matthew chapter 7 verse 24 Jesus says, everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Okay, this is everyone, this invitation is for everyone. So if you're a believer here, this invitation is for you. You might have been in ministry for many, many, many years, this invitation is for you. You might be an unbeliever here, this invitation is for you to come now and build your life on the solid rocks that's Jesus Christ, who will never move, who will never shake, who will always hold you. In fact, God's been teaching me more and more as I've been trusting Him with my foolishness. He says, listen, you're saved by grace through faith, not by works. You're saved by grace through faith. And I praise God for that, that my foolishness cannot stop me from being saved. Your foolishness cannot stop you from being saved. Now yes, you're saved and that's God's sovereignty in saving you but that's also man's responsibility. You cannot continue to live as a fool. You forfeit a lot of the blessings that God has for you. And the cure for this foolishness is to listen to Jesus' words and let His words sharpen you and teach you when to move, when to stop, what to say and what not to say, how to be calm in the face of oppression. Would you please stand with me? We're going to pray. And I'm going to pray for a breakthrough in our lives this morning. I'm going to pray that God, I want to pray that God will take away the shame of your past foolishness because a lot of times we don't come to Jesus because we're worried that that shame from a past foolishness will come back before us and people will laugh at you people will say man you were so confident and now you're backing off and it's all okay it's fine because ultimately the storms of life will come and ultimately what matters is are you building your life on the solid rock that's Jesus Christ like the old hymn that I often quote on Christ the solid rock I stand all of the ground is sinking sand because the storms of life will come and sinking sand will cause you to stumble and fall and only Jesus, only Jesus, only Jesus can hold you together in this life you will have foolish people all around you that are making decisions for your life and only Jesus can hold you together you might have a dad, a mom that is absolutely foolish and ruining your life and only Jesus can hold you together you might be married into a family that's full of fools and only Jesus can hold you together your body might be failing with sickness but only Jesus can hold you together but if we humble ourselves and say Jesus I need to build my life on you only then this transformation, this breakthrough will come thank you Lord thank you Lord, you're a good God you're a good God, we gladly we gladly believe like we sang, there's nothing better than you only with you are words of life thank you, and now, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ the love of the Father and the beautiful fellowship of the Holy Spirit rest and abide on each and every one of you But now and always, in Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. God bless you guys. That's all the time we have for today, but we would like to hear from you. Our address is P.O. Box 2014 Eagle, Idaho, 83616. You can also listen to this message and more on the Living Church Boise app, available in your app store.